to the Federation of Fandoms. Last week we were discussing Doctor Who. This week we will continue and pick up right where we left off. So I was hoping we'd get more than two episodes of Donna as this half-human Time Lord thing, but we didn't. We just got the... Oh, we have to lose her. You, you have to lose your memory because if you continue yeah. down this path, you're gonna die. And it's like, why? I know. I mean, that was such a ripoff. They did they did this whole thing with Rose in series one of of New Who. Exactly. And the doctor just removed the the time vortex from her, but it technically should have killed her anyway. Yeah. So and so she's stuck in this alternate dimension parallel universe. Mm-hmm. And then the thing with uh, with Bill, mm-hmm. where we where she is now gallivanting around the galaxy with her, I mean, girlfriend, I guess is mm-hmm. what you would call it. And uh, they they're whatever. And they did the same thing with Clara. Yeah, they they, they all have this. They're they so all have this why, thing where they're surviving. Yeah. So why didn't Donna get this? Yeah, I mean, she's Martha one of the got it too. She, Even I'm, Amy and Rory got it, and I can't stand Amy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Amy and Rory, they got, well, they eventually completely well, died, yeah, but at the but, same time, I mean, but they, they got that survivability. Yeah, they lived out the rest of their natural life doing, yeah. you know, what they've always done. Granted, Donna does have, you know, her still living life, but mm-hmm. she just doesn't remember anything. Everybody else got to keep their memories. Yeah. So it just, I found it just annoying. Now, we didn't yeah. get more time with her with no. that it was just like oh it's really cool and she's like oh and she and she's acting just like tenant as the doctor and she's like this goofy clowny clever because time she lord got the confidence and then all of a sudden everyone's getting dropped off back where they belong and the next thing you know it's just the doctor and donna in the in in the tardis and then she's like okay so where do we go next this place or this place and then she starts stuttering and then he just looks at her like you know what has to happen like i know that what that broke me i i can't i can't watch that to this day without at least choking up the first time i saw that i had to stop the dvd and just have myself a little cry because i couldn't I couldn't handle that. I did the same exact thing because I was watching on Amazon. So I just, I paused and I was like, this is, I was frustrated and I cried at the same time. It was bad. Mm-hmm. I just, you want to know what's even worse? Get the soundtrack for that season. And then you hear that music in the background oh. while you're like working on schoolwork. And all of a sudden you're crying for no reason. <laughs> and it was like, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? I'm, I'm, oh crap. I'm listening to Donna's goodbye. Who? no that's what she says about the doctor who i guess i i guess that's one area where she can be like the ultimate companion because then she's like this whole continual doctor who joke of knock knock who's there the doctor 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 who Who. (laughs) yeah so i mean she she's one of my favorites for that reason and the fact that when she breaks down and she is crying, looking at him going, I'm nothing special. There's nothing special about me. There's I'm nothing. I'm an, I'm nobody. I don't see why anyone would ever think I'm worth anything. Yeah. Because 
when you struggle with depression and everything that comes along with it, that's kind of in the back of your head all the time. Yeah. And to have a companion like that and to see her overcome that throughout her arc, you know, that, that self-destructive thought. Yeah. That, that feeling and that self-training is never really going to go away, but she can, she's at least learned to cope with it. And he's helped her realize that she was worth something more than just a temp. Yeah. And that that really kind of strikes home. And I think it strikes home for a lot of people. And for some of the hate out there against her, I don't know how much hate you've heard against her. I mean, I've heard I've heard from both sides. I hear it from both sides in any fandom, really, because mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to just one side. I pay attention to all. So um, with Donna in particular, I saw all the hate from, for Donna, and then I saw all the love for Donna. It's like, well... I see both points, but at the same time, it's like, I love Donna, so I'm sticking with this side. Because yeah. she was this great companion. She like was. I said, she and just doesn't get say, enough time yeah. with this new... I mean, even Tenet was excited. You saw it. He when, was excited. When they saw each other, he's in the window outside on the scaffolding, and she's in the window looking into the office of the adipose. Yeah. And they're just like... <gasps> yeah. Just, just big whole comedic they were so good together they were okay the people were upset because it the new companion wasn't rose it was a friend Mm -hmm. and martha didn't work out which i was really sad about but she was trying to be like lovesick for him which i think was insulting to her yeah it kind of was i i think that was really insulting to her but i can understand why she kind of crushed on him he came in and had this whole medical expertise. Yeah. And was like... So it was like a doctor and the doctor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The two doctors. Yeah. But he was a doctor of everything and she was trying to be a doctor of medicine. Yeah. But he had that, you know, medicine knowledge that really kind of enticed her. Yeah. And then he made a true believer out of her. I loved how they tied that in in the beginning of the episode when they introduced Martha. Mm-hmm. She's walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden the doctor just passes by her and says, "What? I told you so? I think that's what he said. No, he pulled off his tie and went like this and handed her the tie. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's what. And then she goes to the hospital and is like, oh, you gave me your tie. And he's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> And then later, later that episode, because she's end, like, "How am I supposed to believe you?" And then <laughs> he like, goes the back, tie. comes back without the tie. He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I to me, Martha was one of the most underrated companions. It was of New yeah. Who. Um, because Rory also gets undercut a lot. Oh yeah, but um, with Donna, some of the hate that I've seen. Like, I don't even see some of that hate going towards, like, Martha. No, everyone I mean, seems she, to really love Martha. It's because, either, I guess, it's because she fell in love with the doctor. It's it's either because, you know, um, she was hip to moving on from him, or she was just underrated. Yeah. And she got gypped in that respect. So, some of the hate for for Donna that I've been seeing is... With the tagline, she's abusive. Oh. Oi, alien boy. 
Uh, that's just how she is, though. That's not even abusive. That's just. <laughs> but the, but then the same thing can be said for Amy with oh. degrading Rory and and the doctor. But at least you know Donna had a reason. The doctor was like, "No, there's a reason that you're like this. There's a reason that you're so mean and you're so defensive." And that gave her character depth because he was helping her. And that distracted him from his pain. Right. And she was helping him, and that distracted her from her pain. They were the friends that they needed. And to me, I think that, honestly, she should have been around for another season. And instead of doing the year of specials, it should have been uh, another season. Now, with with Donna, I don't really see that as, as abusive. I see that as someone who has been abused and is being helped out of that cycle right well i mean well in that in that term you would because in an abusive thing you become defensive Mm -hmm. you become that oh well i don't want to deal with you and that's what she was that's what she was portraying which is which is because as we see her mother was really unkind to her and i mean even in the uh episode turn left Oh yeah, with her taking the other route. Yeah, her mom was just constantly her mom was still that way, and she was doing everything her mother wanted. Yeah, and it was still like that. So, I mean, she couldn't win either way. I mean, at least with going with the doctor, she was free to be herself and not have to worry. And I think that was the wonderful thing that the doctor showed her. And then, of course, her dad was her grandpa. Yeah, grandpa. Wow, I don't know how I messed that up. <laughs> he was almost. Um, a companion for that season yeah instead of donna um because so many people liked him in the voyage of the damned yeah and he was wilf was amazing he was he was a great i don't know side character yeah but he was more than that though he just he brought this sense of just hilarity to the show Mm -hmm. that was perfect yeah i mean he honestly is ingenious kind-hearted and i have a soft spot for wolf oh yeah we, i think we all do i was kind of i was kind of shocked that we didn't really get much of an opportunity to see him during 11's time even just as this oh, little no. like no you know like little side thing that we get to see him but no we didn't get that because uh russell had to tie all his loose ends up yeah and tenet did tell wolf that you'll see me one more time and that was to deliver the lotto ticket. Yeah. With the winning numbers that mm-hmm. was paid for by Donna's dad. Mm-hmm. So to me that I I was I was tearing up right alongside Wolf at that point because Tenet was my doctor. Now Tenet was my doctor. Speaking of that section of, of Wolf, that, that brings to mind for me um someone who has been theorized to be a former companion uh in that two-parter episode uh the end of time part one and two the woman in white that keeps appearing to wealth oh yeah the old woman there's been a theory now this this theory is connected to two different sections um that woman is his granddaughter is the doctor's granddaughter um i heard people say that it was not his granddaughter but his mother and there I'm just was like who there was does, does anybody really know um Davies but he's keeping yeah, tight lipped yeah. he won't say <laughs> he won't and i honestly i respect that but see the way they looked at each other 
they had they were they had to have been yeah. related. That that's yeah. a thing. It was either his daughter, his granddaughter, or his mother. Yeah. It's one of those, or even just his because, daughter. Because, yeah, like I said, daughter, granddaughter, mom. I, it's got to be, yeah, yeah, it's somebody that's a close relationship with him. Yeah. Maybe even sister. <gasps> New theory. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. We don't know much about his family. We don't. He never talks about him. Which then we also go to the doctor's daughter. Yeah, but before we get there, yeah, on, that, get on there. that same woman, on that same woman, did you notice how she was standing? Yeah, with her head down. Face in her hands. Yeah, face in her hands. Like what other creature that we've seen from Doctor Who that stands just like that before they pounce? The Weeping Angels. Now, the other theory is just that. The Time Lords created the Weeping Angels, quantum locking their own people as punishment. Oh. Ooh. Like the Weeping Angels are imprisoned and are trying to escape their punishment. <laughs> I mean that 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 makes sense. <laughs> so they're terrorize everybody else, mm-hmm. like the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, that's what bothered me. I didn't. The whole I thing. didn't like that either. <laughs> it's like, how does nobody notice the Statue of Liberty missing and in the middle of New York? <laughs> right. I mean, it goes back to that whole humans and Earthlings are just dumb and don't want to acknowledge that things are happening around them. <laughs> yeah. And of course, technology back then was before the age of smartphones. Yeah. So it would have been some crackpots saying it in this like (laughs) shoddy, seedy neighborhood (laughs) where the mobs run and everything. Yeah. So you got cracked out Joe over there. And and that's that to me was just that was too far. That was too much. It was a little too much. But it 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 does kind of make sense, but it's a little far fetched. Yeah. Just because of how she was standing, people can make that little Yep. And so moving back to the doctor's daughter, to Jenny, um, that, that was really, really amazing. I mean, it was his, his lines of, I never would build your society of human and Hoth on a man that never would. Yeah. Because he was, he had the gun in his hand and he Mm -hmm. just, and to see him over that two parter go from, no, I want nothing to do with this clone to instantaneously, this is my child. Yeah. That that seeing that arc was just, I liked it. It was wonderful. It was. But it begs the question, since, you know, we all know Eleven married uh, River Song. Mm-hmm. Was that River Song's daughter? Because that's the only woman that we know of that the doctor was with, right? Technically speaking. Mm. Was, I mean, I don't was, know. Was Jenny Rivers' daughter? That's what I'm asking. Because it's no. like, because it's like, how, how, who? No. And who did he have a daughter with? The whole arc with the doctor's daughter and Jenny was before River came into the scene. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So no, Jenny would not be Rivers' child. Well, one could argue that, but then the one stepdaughter. Could, one could also argue, though, time is all relative. People think that time is a linear progression of one to the next, but in all reality, from a subjective standpoint, it's more a ball of wibbly wobbly, <laughs> timey wimey stuff. I was hoping you'd go with that quote. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen the series like eight times. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Technically, I've only seen it twice. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've seen it a bunch. Because I, I get people to sit down and I will watch through with them. Mm-hmm. Because then it becomes that point of, I've seen it so many times. That it's just like, next, next, next. And I'll I'll miss the little details. So watching it with somebody, you, you kind of watch it for the first time through their eyes. Yeah. Through their reactions. And it's priceless. It's beautiful. And their pain reminds you of the pain you felt the oh, first yeah. time and that you may now be numb about. Um I just it, it's a fandom to to really get behind. Oh yeah. Because the characters are deep. They are realistic. I mean even the doctor it is grounded. There are points in time where he doesn't really need a companion because the writing is so well done. There's no need. Well, even in the in the last uh, four specials with uh, David Tennant, mm-hmm. after Donna left, after Donna left, there he had like four episodes, and mm-hmm. he had the one. Uh, the oh the episode where he was where they were stuck on a bus with the on the desert planet on the desert planet uh the girl wasn't she a criminal yeah she was a she was a thief and yeah. she stole the diamond or whatever i mean even sh- she was like a great mini companion just for that yeah. one episode and for me what really hit with with the year of specials and i know we're spending a lot of time in tenant but i think for both of us that's that's, that's just, our modern that's a, doctor. Yeah, that's our doctor. He's he's our doctor. Um, so we'll have to revisit this and and oh, go we definitely over. Will. So we can actually get in depth with all the doctors. Yeah. So we can just revisit and go. Okay, we've watched this doctor. So this was supposed to be kind of an overarching, but you know we've we've stressed the importance of hitting up Eccleston. You can't and now, skip nine. That's just rule number. Well, it's not rule one because that's the doctor lies. So rule two. No, I'm going to say rule zero. <laughs> okay, that works. That's just a common sense no brainer. Don't don't skip the SAS machine. Okay, it's don't. true. It's, this is true. Yeah. So with the tenant being our doctor, that makes it makes sense that we've spent so much time on him. Um, for me, I I would have to say that Capaldi's really close. To, I would to agree. Level, yeah. If not on par with that, because Capaldi m- pushed for the classic Who and the Davies era writing style um, out of Moffat and the writing team. Uh, otherwise, he was going to walk. Uh, that that was one of the reports that I came across was that there was a lot of fighting at first when Capaldi came on. I thought I heard something about that. Yeah, it was it was rumor, so I don't know how grounded in fact that that is and i would really like to to see some of the reports and and see him uh talk about that and how how those classic elements he fought to bring back to re-stabilize the fandom because it was all starting to be real young kids right yeah who, exactly. who were there for matt smith and not you know whole families which is what the show had been about way way back in the day and that that's something special that he fought to bring that all back yeah that that this team with capaldi moved forward and decided however they came to that decision to bring back those classic elements and to play with the the classic ideas and philosophies for a modern age i think that that was absolutely splendid oh yeah i totally agree um so i mean we've said we can't skip the sass machine correct our doctor is tenant yep we love capaldi yep now here's where where we may get into a a severe disagreement because i haven't asked you this question yet 
What is your take on Matt Smith? Oh, see, I love Matt Smith as the, as the doctor. He was this quirky, goofy doctor. He had the cleverness. He was just kind of like, he was like that, um, like you said before, he just kind of stumbled over himself, but made it look like he was actually doing it professionally kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He, he he gave himself this, this persona of, oh, hey, I'm the doctor and I'm clever, but I'm goofy and you love me. And fezzes are a thing because fezzes are cool. That, I think that... <laughs> was a nod back to uh four with tom baker and that's why oh and bow ties are cool (laughs) and that's why he showed up you know as as much as he did because i don't know if you realized um in the clone in the silicone uh episode when they when he was finding out if amy was pregnant or not oh right and he was having that breakdown that whole thing with would you like to have a jelly baby And that slight shift in his appearance to the fourth doctor, that was that was the nod that that's where he pulled from. Uh, when a good man goes to war. See, I didn't... They hyped it too much. They did. And it was kind of a letdown. And I think that Matt Smith had the potential. I really do. Because seeing some of his other work, he has the chops. But they just... The writing fell short. Yeah. I mean, they... Like you said, it was way overhyped. And the way it was executed, it was just too quick i kind of i was kind of expecting maybe a two or three parter episode so he when he's make the first episode him gathering everybody the second episode they're on the base and the third episode everything's going crazy you know mm-hmm. i mean i would get it just happened too quickly for me and then all of a sudden river song is gone and you see, you know, they reveal that. Spoiler, nobody's seen it. They reveal oh, this that. Is, this episode <laughs> has been full of spoilers. We are too late for that. I, well, and then <laughs> you find out River Song is actually Amy Pond's daughter, and they named her after herself, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why me, wibbly wobbly? To me, that was too meta. It, and that they. There was such an opportunity there was such a chance yeah to make river the most ba character that we've ever had in doctor who on par with you know jack harkness yeah level of meta but that she had flat. her she had her moments she just didn't get enough of them no like i don't think that moffat knew how to write for her one like of he the, had an idea but didn't know how to write for one her. of the best moments I loved about River. Well, obviously, it goes back to uh, the library, mm-hmm. Silence in the Library, part one and two with River. It was one of my favorite episodes with her. But oh, yeah. the the one that's more prominent is when they um is when they're in uh, Washington D.C. back in the sixties. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, they're in that warehouse, and the silence are surrounding everybody. Yeah, and Rory is like freaking out because there's a silence behind River, and she can't see him, but she just shoots anyway. And it's like everyone's like, "Wait, how did she?" know because she saw the fear in her father's eyes and so she just shot whatever was behind her <laughs> mm-hmm. i love that that's just that's one of my favorite things from river song because she's just she's quick she's quirky yeah. and she's just like oh hello dear <laughs> spoilers spoilers okay now the the thing to remember with doctor who you know because river was and i hate to say it but from from looking at this from where my standpoint is river was 
sad to say, some wasted potential. Yeah, because they could have done they, so much there was, more. Exactly. There was so much they could have done. Like, even when they brought the Weeping Angels back in that one episode with uh, where Amy Pond and the Doctor, they were on that one planet. Um, the crash ship, mm-hmm. the Marines show up. Yep. The I know the one Weeping you're talking a- about. The Weeping Angels get out, and they're all going through the yeah. forest. And then there's the big cave, and everyone's like freaking out because I was like, it was kind of a scary episode. But by that point, it had, it was already just like you're making them the the red herring. Yeah, like, it, it felt like a red herring that there there was no real danger. Yeah, because River was there. Yeah, so I wasn't worried. Okay, if you want an episode like that, don't put River in there. And then she just Give goes it. back to prison. It's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. what and then she just like disappears for like four or five episodes shows up four or five episodes because guess like, what, what moffat was worried about ratings slipping yeah. because they were so he had to do something to keep everybody enticed and i don't know if that was actually his call or the executive's call was it the studio was it moffat whose call was that because that was not necessarily the greatest and the one thing that never made sense to me was that river had made several comments that her timeline was reverse in with the doctors. Mm-hmm. But yet what doesn't make sense is that when Capaldi mm-hmm. went to that planet and he said he would to take her on a date with at that restaurant, the very last episode with River Song before she went to the library. Yep. That never made sense to me because it's like, wait, her timeline's reversing, his timeline's going this way. So how does that it doesn't and like there were so many points in that that didn't make sense moffat was just writing to write uh one of the things that ended up getting put into uh circulation was because of the anniversary you had oh what was it um just before tenant left he said he married queen queen elizabeth the first yes and she's not so uh she's not such a good queen now Making reference to he married her and bedded her. Fast forward during Moffat's writing tenure, that was scrapped. Oh, okay. So, and when that got brought up, because Moffat and Davies have beef, at least to the public. I don't know if that's like genuine or if it's something fabricated. Publicity. Yeah, I don't know if it's you know for publicity or genuine. It could. But Moffat basically told him, "You left for some crap on you know BBC three or four. You left for some crap on another channel. You have no say. I am the god of Doctor Who now. What I write is, and if I say it didn't happen, it didn't happen. And if you want any input." come back and write an episode and i don't think you can i bet he could prove him wrong davies threw down the gauntlet and then it seemed like it chilled out at least the way that the articles that i was reading on this whole like beef it seemed a little too fabricated by this point because it kind of calmed down when davies was like yeah i'll come back i've told you i'll write an episode or two here or there but i'm just i'm done doing you know the big stuff we never got a davies episode we were supposed to um clara's last season we were supposed to get a russell t davies episode the last season with clara we were supposed to get a russell t davies episode it never happened right and so i'm thinking it was fabricated but it's hard to say because that there were reports and rumors coming out of there that the two of them hated each other and they could not stand working together 
Right. So before we before we wrap this up, I gotta ask: in all the Doctor Who's, which one was your favorite intro? Because we all have our own separate intro that we love the most. Which mm. one was your favorite? Oh man! In the last in the last few years, they've they've changed so much. Um. Well, up there, I ha- I have to say, you know, the hmm, I think the Tenant Eccleston opening because it was pretty much the same thing. That right. that opening, I really like that. But as I started watching Classic Who, um, what they did with uh, Capaldi with his face over it, yet Matt Smith had more of the browns and the greens to it, and that was nice, but I liked that more purple and blue and black and silver. You know, because when I think space, that's what I think, that darkness, that void. And the way his face came over is kind of that light, that I am the light and the darkness. I kind of liked that imagery, so... I, I'm probably going to put, you know, that Capaldi intro. And yeah, they did change it again. But those were, his intros were so much fun. Yeah. I All the gears and yeah time and clocks. Yeah, yeah. it was very Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. It, it was. And that's kind of how it felt with Capaldi is you never knew what to expect. So I think the opener... The opening credits really do show what what to expect from that doctor. If you really want to take like three or four hours and dissect a minute and a half of intro. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Mine is I'm 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 in a mix because the um, the specials that David Tennant had, they changed his music. So it was a little more upbeat. So mm-hmm. I loved the when they did that. But overall, I think my favorite opener has to be when Matt Smith did his. I loved how the TARDIS was going through like this purple wormhole and there was more of like a whistle instead of this uh, high pitched tune. I loved that opener. I mean, yeah, David Tennant is obviously my doctor, but the opener, if Tennant had that opener, oh, it would be game over. (laughs) Hmm. So, uh, on, on the subject of openers, what did you think of the special one that they did for Capaldi with the guitar? I, oh, yeah. That one was fantastic. That what did you know that was Capaldi playing the oh, guitar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, because he used to be in his own little yeah. punk rock band. He or something. was, yeah. he was in a band with, uh, I think it was Craig Ferguson. Yeah, and then with the the scene with him riding in on the tank, him playing the, that was actually him playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> that was one of the things that he kind of pushed for because the classic doctors, uh, when you auditioned, you listed special talents. Right. The second doctor uh, played the spoons. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the second doctor played the he played no, it was Sylvester McCoy that played the spoons. But it was the second doctor who played the recorder. Okay. Um, I thought I saw s- something about a doctor playing. Yep. Uh, but they all had a special talent that they brought in that was just kind of random there that gave the doctor a quirk. Okay. Um, so that that kind of really harkens back. So I was thinking before we wrap this up with our final thoughts and all of that, that we could uh, discuss the music of Doctor Who. Okay, so like theme songs during episodes of mm-hmm. different doctors. Okay. Have you have you looked into the scores for the Oh yeah. Okay. So one of the things that's really big is 
each season's doctor's theme. Yeah. Um, is there one that really just kind of jumps out at you the most? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Mine definitely eleven. Yeah. That... Onwards. That's like the best one. Like whenever I think Doctor Who, that th- it's currently going through my head right now. Yeah, you mentioned it. I it's love. I love the theme song that Eleven had. I only wish David Tennant, he had a great theme song, which I didn't even realize mm-hmm. they had theme songs until I was watching Eleven. Yeah. Because it was it was so prominent. You don't really pay attention to it while you're watching mm-hmm. Tennant's Doctor. You hear it and they have a, and I downloaded the song, which it's a great song, but I was yeah, like, my question is which just, one? Um, because he had one for season two, season oh, I, three, and season yeah, four. Yeah, they were all different, but it was just... Um, and one of the things about Matt Smith's is it, it was di- essentially it the was, same. It was the same, exactly. Uh, one of the things that a uh, friend of mine from high school, also named Sean, pointed out to me is that with um, Matt Smith's theme, how some of the music goes, uh, I don't remember if he said it was up front or the beat in the back is the really it's the heartbeat altered i can hear it yeah it's the heartbeat of the time lord altered and that was one of the things that he pointed out to me there it is yeah it's the it's the heartbeat of the time lord altered and that that's where it really kind of comes out and and i don't know if that was because of the whole thing with uh and I don't know if that was because of the whole thing with the master right at the end of Tenet's Reign as the Doctor, or if that was just something that they wanted to do to say, we're getting to the heart of the Doctor. Well, see, that's the, and that's where I come in and say, throughout the entire Whovian series, Doctor Who, the master has always been prominent. Oh, yeah. So um, even in the main themes of going back to Eccleston, Tenet, Smith, Capaldi, mm, you even hear that, back. you hear that dun, 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 in all of the themes, mm. in all of them. Well, it's there, it's prominent. It's just it's just a thing with yeah. Doctor Who because the master is like, oh, the master is the, it's like the Darth Vader well, of Doctor the Who. The whole thing with the drums in his head, the da 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 that wasn't a thing until series three. Right. With Martha and the year that never happened. Up until that point, the drums in his head were never a thing. And it wasn't, and I think it wasn't until Tenet where they actually revealed that it wasn't just drum beats. It was actually the heartbeat of the time. It was a signal. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was in his goodbye episode. Yeah. Um, Now they're saying that the master's going to be gone, but I mean, his music, the, the music of the master still lives on is, is so predominant you know it, the master was such a big character yeah and some of the scores that they use to highlight that even in classic who just those quick stings for announcing his presence and letting you know that there was something sinister and the way they tweaked it was just that's the master yeah so the music being used to show uh or rather showcase a good villain is important and it especially shows through with master it really does because his theme is in complete opposition to the doctors right um and i've been trying to find the you know like scores for the classic who but like with most of classic who there's a lot that's gone yeah that we're never going to get again so 
it's really sad, but they say what a time to be alive because they're going through all of the stuff, finding it. Uh, some of them only had audio, so they're able to get the music out of that and kind of put it together a little bit. So I'm really hoping that we can get that classic who scores coming soon. But uh, Murray Gold, who did the music for the modern who, um, which did a fantastic job. Oh, God, yes. That that composition was great. The only one that I really had a problem with was, um, oh, what was it? Because I I picked up the season four, the series four uh, soundtrack, and I think it was with the uh, silence in the library that that theme that's playing in the background when they're in the uh, virtual reality, and it's all that light and cheery that drove me up the wall. But I think that was kind of the point. Yeah. And. Um, Oh, now, yeah, now yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the theme uh, that they used throughout the um, the Agatha Christie episode. Oh, yes. That was a good episode. You know, they're they're talking about the, the bee and the unicorn. And it really does seem kind of like an... Uh, I'm, and it really does seem kind of like a Agatha Christie murder mystery. And the music they used with it, I wasn't sure that that composition really fit. But if you just listen to it by itself, you're like, but then you put it into the episode and it really does work. Right. So that I think TV composers have it really tough, but also really fun because they don't have to worry about making a score like Star Wars and John Williams. Right. Because, you know, he makes this to be listened to outside of the film. Yeah. And for gold it was just well we need this for the episode doesn't matter if it works by itself it should and it kind of does but you have your favorites so yeah just with i mean yeah i completely agree with that because even when i hear the um the music outside of watching the episodes it's just like oh it just doesn't belong Mm -hmm. without watching that episode yeah um even with um capaldi's theme i loved especially in that last season they changed it up a bit and it was more of like a good like like what they did with Matt Smith, mm-hmm. that good like orchestra. Yeah, I loved his his like I guess you would call it the the Doctor Battle theme or like his his clever theme. I don't know. It's I like mean, it's whenever the Doctor is like idea, and then the theme kicks in. It's like I loved Capaldi's theme. It just it didn't hit home like it did with Matt Smith's onwards. Yeah, because that one just is just so prominent in my mind. Well, I think you mean to say that Capaldi's theme is actually called Attack Eyebrows. Oh, is it? I didn't even know <laughs> no, that. I don't know that that's the actual name, but that's what you know. Because when he gets like that, his eyebrows do this thing. Yeah, and Matt Smith, as we know, didn't have eyebrows. No. Well, yes, he did, but to quote him, they're shy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, we're we're looking at this and. Seeing the vast differences between not only the doctors themselves, but the uh, music that was composed for them. And that really goes to show even further the differences between the doctors. Yeah. Because Tenet's in his last season was very orchestra. Yeah. Which I loved his theme. It was just, it wasn't... It was melancholy. It was... Yeah. It wasn't it was like... Maybe I've lived too long kind of a thing. Yeah. And then Matt Smith was revitalized. Yeah. And, and then Capaldi was kind of like in between, mm-hmm. which was good. 
Because we saw that on screen, and I think that they captured that really well. Oh, yeah. So I think maybe the theme might actually be when they're putting together what the Doctor's personality is going to be like. They work on his theme and then build around that. Yeah. So... It'll be exciting to see what um, Jody's is. What Jody's is, I'm and how really, it, how it's gonna tie in. I'm really excited about her. Oh yeah, um, so am I. I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are on the master. Is he gone? Is yes. is she dead? Yes. It's it's just like why? Because they they did this whole in this in his last episode they they brought the doctor but both masters back. Sorry. Yes. And then all of a sudden they kill each other off. It's like whoa! They just did they just completely end the master's existence right there? Uh no. What actually happened was the master John Sim. Yeah. Uh, killed Missy, but Missy injured. The master. Missy injured John Sim, so he had to regenerate into her. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was I was at going... least at least that's the way that they, they've made it. Because there was seem. this there was this weird like continuity issue that I was finding mm-hmm. there because because you had John Sim, but he didn't go through the thing that he did with David Tennant yet. He didn't make it seem prominent. So it's like he went from that old man to John Sim, where he became the master and the, mm-hmm. the, the governor person or whatever. But that didn't seem like that was that happened yet kind of thing. You mean vote Saxon? Yeah, <laughs> vote Saxon. Exactly. That didn't seem like that happened yet. So it's like, well, where no, are we had, at? But um, they're very good about, you know, leaving the past in the past, especially with Moffat when it comes to most anything yeah, Davies we did. mentioned that earlier. And whatever I say goes kind of thing. Yeah. And that was one of the things that Moffat laid out was that the master is done. The master is done over with finito. Missy is dead. The master is over. You just can't have Doctor Who without the master, though. Um, You can. The thing with the master is the, the master keeps coming back. And so I maybe think with it's the new writer. He'll be like, well, forget what he said. Maybe it's entirely up to Chimnall to decide because Moffat's laying out that ground rule of I'm the god of Doctor Who. I'm the showrunner. I can do what I want. So it'll be interesting to see what Chimnall does. Um, I was hesitant with Chimnall because he did the episode 42 um, with Martha. Oh, uh, 42 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Um, And how that one was so all over the place. I think that uh, Chimnall might do better with an overarching season than a singular episode. So if he's guiding the whole season, I think we'll be doing better because he he ended Broadchurch. Um he finished them out and they had record highs for their I yeah, I haven't seen any of Broadchurch, but I heard they did really good. Yeah, their last few seasons were from what I'm told amazing. They're one that I wanted to to watch. Um but I just haven't had the the time because I'm watching through so much other stuff and yeah. it's it's a lot going on right now. So when I have time, I'm I'm watching stuff for this this podcast and uh, catching up on other shows for moving forward with not only the show but the reviews and everything else. So it's on my list and I'm gonna get to it because David Tennant's in it alongside Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. And Chris Chibnall. So I think that, you know, David Tennant coming out and being like supporting Jody supporting Jody Whitaker yeah. and Chibnall like Jody Whitaker. I was like, I don't know her. Let's see what she does, because this could go amazing or this could be a flaming pile of garbage, just like with every doctor. Um, 
you just never know what you're gonna get. No, because it's and always a different can of worms. Exactly, and I I really am excited to see what we're gonna get with. Oh, I'm uh, totally her. excited. Um, I'm not sure. I'm keen on the. Have you seen the photos of uh, the new wardrobe? No. Uh, she's kind of like a sick. All the different oh, colors, the, okay, the suspenders. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if that was the official look. Yeah, I don't know if it's the official look either, but it's one of the I the looks that, that's out there for her. I figured that would just sure. be like the starting look. Like she would just like regenerate, and that's what's there. Well, she because Doctor Spoiler, she went flying out of the TARDIS in Capaldi's clothes, and these are completely. This is a completely different outfit. So. Okay. I'm thinking maybe this is her look and like, I'm okay with it. It'll just take me a moment to get past, you know, we had class with Capaldi. Okay. We had dignified class with Capaldi. <laughs> Literal class. <laughs> we had goofy class with Matt Smith and we had that, you know, 1960s class with Tenet and then biker bad boy. Yeah. So it feels like we're returning to the kind of that, you know, uh, era of um, Eccleston. We're okay. returning to that era of Eccleston with her wardrobe. Yeah. So I I'm pretty excited to see what we get with them. I don't I don't know about you, but based on you know what you know of Chibnall's work, what do you think that we're gonna have in store? Because we've talked about Jody here. And, you know, I'm and thinking I'm thinking we're gonna get this stunning young quirky well not young well she's younger than capaldi was so So younger so we're gonna get this active young doctor that's not really young but you get my drift Mm -hmm. and uh we're gonna get this scene that the doctor is just gonna be like coming out of the tardis and like okay what what can i do now and all of a sudden this like a cyberman's gonna come like running out of the nowhere and you're gonna hear that that Doctor Who, you know, sonic screwdriver, and then intro. <laughs> yeah. I because just, it's just like, I'm wanting to see the return of like a good Dalek or Cyberman episode. We're mm. in store for one because the last episode I remember of the Daleks, I can't remember if the if Capaldi even had a run in. Yeah. Capaldi had a couple of run-ins with the Daleks. I can't remember. Not, not like the, the big Daleks because... Uh, one of the YouTubers I follow was talking about the relationship there. And I mean, we're going to be coming back to Doctor Who and I can talk about that then with that whole lineup between the Doctor and the Daleks and how that just devolved. But Capaldi did have a few run-ins with Daleks. Because um, the last major encounter that the Doctor had with the Daleks was the the Dalek prison where Matt Smith first met Clara. Well, that, that's a that's a major like mass amount. Well, actually, no. Where he made no, no, all no, the Daleks Capaldi. forget. Was that Capaldi? No, no, no. No, that was yeah, that was Matt Capaldi Smith. Capaldi with the Master and Clara on Oh, that's right. on uh what's the name of the Dalek homeworld? Um, uh I can't remember. Because um, it was But it, it was, was Devros. Yep, it was Davros, and he was conning the doctor yeah. into uh, giving right. him regeneration energy because the doctor pretty much has unlimited regenerations right now. And then you figure out the kid that he saved. Scarrow. Scarrow, yes. It was the master, Clara, and the doctor on Scarrow. 
and yes, that's right. The hand bombs, um, mercy. That was the lesson of mercy. Yeah, which was that non to the fourth doctor all over again. But so he Capaldi's had a couple of run-ins, uh, mostly singular Daleks. But that was his run-in with the major like mass amount, and he handled that in you know form of a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that in a, in a later episode. Or... Well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of wanting to see a good a good um, relation or episode of her and just the Daleks. I like, think what like what would happen between those two? Like that would just be interesting. Right now they're putting together her personality and all of that, so I'm really kind of just like. Ooh, what are we getting? Um, Not to mention who her companion's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Capaldi's intro episode, his establishment episode was, I liked it, but I liked it, but it didn't hold up the way that, say, Matt Smith's did. Yeah, him walking through the hologram and asking them, "Is this planet protected?" That opening speech. And you see all the, the faces of all the doctors. And, and then he's just he like, yeah. Walks. And you see Tenet and you're like, oh, I miss Tenet now. And then all of a sudden he walks in. I'm the doctor. Basically, run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, the doctor has that reputation that he can call aliens back to a planet, scold them, slap them on the wrists, and send them home and ground them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I was expecting out of Matt Smith. Yeah. And I hope, and that's what we got out of Capaldi. And I hope that we can get that with uh, Jody. Oh, yeah. Because we got, we knew what kind of doctor Tenet was going to be when he showed up and was like, quoting the Lion King. <laughs> yeah. And gave him another, and gave this guy a chance and then took that chance away and beat this guy into the ground. And he's like, that's the kind of man I am. Yeah. And that's the thing is, it's going to be interesting to see how she handles how she goes through this, you know, process of self-discovery again. Um, and of course, with every doctor, we've had um, that the intro episode, you have everybody in like chaos because the doctor's like in that regeneration mode. Mm -hmm. So they're like out of commission. So like what kind of mayhem would be going down while the doctor's in that, you know, yeah, in that mode, you know, what's going on around her? And I'm just wondering because like um, what time period are we going to be in? What planet are we? Are we gonna, I mean, are, we're obviously going to be on Earth. Maybe. I mean, Moffat tied everything up kind of like Davies did, but not, you know, nice and neat because neither one did, you know, super nice and neat closing off their stuff to pass off to the new showrunner. Um, so Chibnall's got all this room to play and I really want to see what he does with it. And not to mention a new redesign of the TARDIS because we're obviously going to see that. <sighs> that makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we are going to see it. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of excited just, to see what they're going to do with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the TARDIS is always changing and always growing. But the thing that I was just getting used to, and I hope they do what they did with um, the changeover between Capaldi and Smith, was Capaldi kept using Smith's Sonic. And in the promo art, I don't know if you saw it, but the promo art going over from uh, Matt Smith to Capaldi showed <coughs> that changeover art showed a sonic that was just like matt smith's but it was purple mm, it was a purple light and i thought that would have been amazing see that was the one thing i had issues with capaldi i mean i'm not trying to but one of my issues with capaldi was the the his sonic screwdriver 
He used Matt Smith's, but then it got broken. Then he went to the Sonic sunglasses, and then he got his other Sonic, which looked completely awesome. I love that Sonic. Oh, yeah, the I do, too. The spinning lights. Yeah, and the red and the green that shine through the blue. That was beautiful. But we only got the one season with it. I know. And I'm just like, well, that was disappointing. And he barely used it. I know. He kept using the glasses. So like, I'm kind of hoping she uses Jody the... Jody Whitaker gets that Sonic and mm-hmm. uses it, but it... it and you actually get to see the full functionality of it. All the yeah. color changes and everything. That'd be mm-hmm. so awesome. I, For whatever reason, I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I My first sighting of the concept art for it, I was like, mm, that's stupid. And then I saw it fire out of the console. And he catches it. And he's just like, yeah. And I'm just like. And he hits the button. And you see the swirling. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mm-hmm. fell in love instantly. Oh, yeah. Dead instantly. Yeah. But then he just barely uses it. I'm I like, know. oh, come on. So it seems we're we're like in agreement on a lot of this stuff. And um, we're, we're going to be coming across uh, doing some villains next time we yeah, touch on this. And, and get, get further in because this, this has been a, a fun conversation My for husband. both of us. And we keep going, we're going to stop. We're going to stop. We're going to stop. And we just keep going because that's the thing when you get into Doctor Who is that there's so much to talk about. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to do a generalized video or sorry, generalized, you know, discussion of Doctor Who because it's just it really is. Not to mention, we forgot to mention Santa Ha, Santa Ha, Santa Ha. <laughs> oh, the Santarans. I love I'm the clever guys. one and you're the potato we one. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't care for Matt Smith's era, but there were just some moments that were too precious. And I hope that Chibnall can give us those moving forward. How did the intruder get in here? Into the window. (laughs) (laughs) Those quirky one-liners and also be able to give us the, the heavy hitting speeches. Yeah. About, you know, Capaldi's war speech with the Zygon invasion and inversion. Oh yeah. That made me cry. Because you really felt for him, and I'm really hoping that Jody and Chris can really get these teams together and pull out some of the best stuff we've seen in Who to date. Oh, yeah. There's the fan base that is supporting them and just wants to see this succeed. Not to mention the CGI is going to be a lot better now, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, Capaldi got way better. Even mm-hmm. Matt Smith had some good, decent one. But then Capaldi... Bing! And then the last season was like up there. And so oh, now yeah. we're getting Jodie Whittaker. And now it's just going to be like over the top. Big bang, boom, boom. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to repeat a Matt Smith because they got the money. Oh, I know. And then they went for spectacle over substance. Yeah. I have, and I think that's what really kind of hurt Matt Smith's era. But see, if they do it right, we'll get spectacle and, and substance. Yeah. I mean, it's a female now, so we're going to get that, like, over-the-top, like, hey, I'm a chick now. (laughs) I hope they don't, like, push that. And I I really don't want them to push that. And and some of the other announcements that we'll we'll get into. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk about that right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope it doesn't become politically correct at all, because, come on, it's Doctor Who. Doctor Who has been, like, Star Trek. It's been above and beyond all of that stuff. It's been laying groundwork, and it's not been rooted in, you know, in offense. It's just been like, okay, whatever. Right. Moving on and getting upset when a big deal is made out of this stuff. And that's that's kind of been the doctor's personality. He's just like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sorry. That's the doctor's attitude. It's just, I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, next time we're not going to be discussing Doctor Who. Uh, we're going to be discussing Stargate. SG-1. Well, so, it's going to be a generalized Stargate episode. We're yeah. going to be doing SG-1, Atlantis, and Universe. Yep, and there's a lot to unpack there because there are a few movies as well. Oh, so yeah. all the movies too. Oh yeah, all the movies. Uh, so just like this, we might have a two-parter episode of uh, SG One as well. Yep. So we're we're sitting here um, ready and and excited to bring out the next topic. Uh, it's probably going to go quite a bit like this one. Um, a lot of unpacking to do. Oh yeah. Because it's it ran, let's see, SG One ran for ten years and had uh, a total of three movies, and then there was Atlantis for five seasons. So there's fifteen years, and then Stargate Universe for another two, so hmm, seventeen years. And now we're getting Stargate Origins, which yep. is going to run us probably another up teen years because they're going to redo everything so yep that's a so, lot to unpack and a lot to unfold oh yeah so uh stargate fans we're we're starting out early with it this time and uh if you don't know anything about stargate we will educate you we will uh there is a lot there and uh bear with us because like doctor who time in stargate is a bit wibbly wobbly and we'll get into why that is next time on Federation of Fandoms. And always live long and prosper. So say we all.